Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles and turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. I like the words where he says, He proved to me. Uh, he is. Uh, he rose. And that's kind of what the message is about uh, this morning, that uh, there's proof, uh, and there can be proof in your heart that Christ arose. Philippians chapter 3. Now, um, be ready. We're going to be turning to some Scriptures this morning because... Uh, I believe the Word of God is powerful and strong, and so as you uh, have your Bible ready, we'll be turning to a few of these scriptures this morning. Philippians 3, we're just going to start though with reading one verse. Philippians 3 and verse 10, the Bible says this, now this is again, this is Paul the Apostle. Uh, writing to the believers there at Philippi. And he says this in chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Let me read that again. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his Christ's sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If you remember last Sunday we had a sermon it was behold the man as Pilate brings Christ forward and he's, he's inspected to become the Lamb of God. The other point was, behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. So last Sunday, this Sunday, I hope you don't mind, we're going to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that for all of us, that's why we come to church, right? We come so that we can draw closer to Him, to know Him, uh, to be in fellowship with the Lord. It's always a good day, especially on a Sunday morning, but it's always a good day to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. I was driving home just, I, I'm not sure what day it was now. It may have been last night or the night before, and there was a full moon. Uh, it was beautiful at, at like uh, 6 o'clock or something like that, so it was still light. You could see the sun behind you. I was driving. You could see the sun in my rearview mirror and the moon right in front of me as I was going down my road back to my house. And it was just good for about 10 minutes. I had some music blaring. <laughs> Christian music was going, and, and the kids were in the car, and it was good to just be able to focus on Him as I looked at His creation the moon, the sun that He had made. Uh, and He says, listen, Paul says, listen, this was my life after being converted was to know Him and the power of His resurrection and being conformable unto His death. I want to. There's obviously four points in this verse that came out. And I want to take them a little bit backward, if you will. Being made conformable unto His death. Being made conformable unto His death. Uh, for a believer, for a Christian, for those that are following after Christ, this is the ultimate living uh, not to self. 
but living to His will. Not bound up by fear of what other people think or how we feel or or just going the way that is easy, but being able to die to self. Uh, Paul said, I die daily. It's submitting to His will over ours. I would submit to you that some 2,000 years ago, that may have been the darkest time, the darkest time in human history when Jesus Christ had died. When He had died. It seemed like evil had won, right? It seemed like evil had won. He was in the grave. The Holy Spirit had not yet come. So the light of the world was in the tomb, right? I know there's a lot more to it, but boy, those couple days must have been some, some dark days. His, his death. Um, but yet on the third day, before the sun arose, the Son, Jesus Christ, arose from the dead, giving us hope uh, on that third day. And He says... Uh, He says, being made conformable unto His death. He says, the fellowship of His suffering. The fellowship of His suffering. Um, If you took some time over the last few days uh, to focus on His sacrificial death, we preached last Sunday and talked a little bit about the brutal sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. How He was beaten. How the crown of thorns was, was beat into His head. And and how his back was open like a plowed field. And we talked about those, those things. And if you look at those, his sacrificial death, I would say that that, would, that causes inside of us a somber feeling. Would you agree with that? Recognizing that it was for our sin that he did it. Recognizing that he wasn't just a martyr, that he was a sacrifice. That Jesus Christ was a sacrifice for our sins. But let me just say this to you this morning, that Christ will meet you in your suffering. Paul said there's a fellowship. We understand that Paul had some things in his life that weren't so easy. He'd asked the Lord to remove a thorn. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. In other words, I'm trying, without going too deep into this, I think Paul says, um, I went through some suffering but in my weakness, I became stronger. Uh, in, in, in my suffering, I met the Lord there. I met the Lord in my suffering. You may be here this morning and, and suffering maybe in your body, maybe in your mind. Maybe you're suffering in some of your relationships. Uh, but I could tell you this, that if you'll come to Him, He will meet you in your suffering. It may be a time in your life where you know the Lord Jesus Christ in a greater way. And I believe this. It's hard to say this in the, in the moment of it, but I, I kind of believe that afterward, if you drew closer to Christ and know Him better, what suffering you may have or are going through, you would say, um, I don't wish it on anyone and I don't want it back, but it was good to get to know Christ. It was good to get to know Him better than what I did before. It was good to know Him. Um, we in the U.S., we're not a persecuted church at all. But I do believe that individuals do go through suffering. And there are sufferings that go on in the body of Christ. And I, and I have to say this, that the Lord Jesus Christ will meet you in your suffering. You say, how do you know that? Because the context of the book. Philippians, is, um, uh, it's, it's fun to study that book. It's a book of rejoicing. The book of Philippians is a book of rejoicing. And I think of Paul, how he loved the people at Philippi. As you read the book of Acts, maybe his first convert there was, her name was named Lydia. The first lady that came to Christ there at Philippi. And then the second 
group of individuals that came to Christ in Philippi was the Philippian jailer and his family. And you know the circumstances around that. And so Paul writes to them. You say, where does Paul write to them from? Paul writes to them uh, from Rome. Uh, Philippians is called a prison epistle, or another way of saying it, a prison letter. In other words, while he is awaiting his death, while he is awaiting his beheaded by Nero, he writes this letter. And if you read through that, it would be hard for you to find one discouraging word. Paul is encouraged. He is encouraging the believers through his suffering. He knew some things about going through suffering. And he said, listen, the Lord had met me there. If you even read the verses before it, we won't forsake a time, but the verses before it in chapter 3, he starts in verse 3 talking about, I have no confidence in my flesh, meaning in my body, my talents and my abilities, Paul says, I have no. He said, actually, I do have some that I could brag about, you know, being of the tribe of Benjamin, a, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He says in there that he was a Pharisee. Now, you and I today, we kind of look at Pharisees kind of like not good. But back then, um, they, were, they were the upper crust. They were the, they were the people that were in charge. He said, I was a Pharisee. He said, concerning the law, he said, I was blameless. But yet he didn't know Christ. He was a religious person. Let me say it this way. He was a religious person, but yet he didn't know Christ. And he says at the bottom of that, verse 8, he says, all those things I count but loss. For the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might win Christ. Paul said, hey, I made a trade in my life several years ago. That was to know Christ. That was to get to close to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and by the way, uh, that was not a mistake. Uh, the sufferings and the things that I've gone through, he said, it has been wonderful in my life, the Apostle Paul says, to be able to know Him. And that's why we're here this morning, is to know Him. That's what Paul says, and that I might know Him. The high calling of God. That's what he says, uh, the high calling of God. Look at verse, here in chapter 3. He says that I may know Him in verse 10. Look at verse 13. He says, Brother, and I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before I, you know, you know what I like about Paul? He, his ministry's about over. Uh, he's, his life's about over. But yet he's not finished. He says, I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm going forward. I want to know Christ even more. I want to draw closer to Christ even more. He said, I'm pressing toward the mark. The high, uh, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. He said, what's this? High calling. What's this? What's the? What's you know? What's this greater life that we can have as Christians? Hey, it's it's to know Christ. It's to draw close to Him. It's to it's to know Him for who He is. And by the way, when I talk about knowing Christ, I'm not talking about knowing about Christ. We have the benefit this morning because of the Word of God and because of the Holy Spirit of God that we don't just have to know about Him. Like, there's some famous people in history that you could learn about. You could pick up some biographies of, of Abe Lincoln and you could do your own study, right? And you could learn a lot of facts about Abe Lincoln. Would you agree with that? But, but that is different than knowing Him. Right? 
And so as believers, as Christians, there is a difference than just trying to <laughs> learn facts about Jesus. Uh, learn things about him and actually knowing him. We brought that up last Sunday with John the Baptist that he knew Jesus before he knew that he was the Christ. And sometimes that is true in our lives that we've been in church or we've been around religion or we've heard about Jesus and we would even say we know the stories of Jesus or we know about him, but has there been a time in your life where you could say, man, I know Christ. You say, how do I know him? Because he's inside me. Because of His Holy Spirit that is in me. I think of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. Where He says uh, in verse 28, He says, Come unto Me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, Take My yoke upon you. By the way, uh, when you yoke up with Christ, that's a bit of commitment. Would you agree with that? You're yoked up with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're committed to Him. Uh, He says, take My yoke upon me. And then He says this, Learn of Me. Learn of Me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. By the way, He says, My yoke is easy, and My burdens light. You know what the Lord Jesus Christ calls for us today, uh, those that are seeking Him, maybe for salvation, or those that have already accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, He's saying, come unto Me. Come, come with Me. Walk with Me. Fellowship with Me. Yoke up with Me. He says, learn of Me. You'll find that I'm humble. You'll find that I'm meek. You'll find that I'm kind. You'll find that I'm merciful. You'll find that I'm long-suffering. Right? You'll find that I'm gentle. You'll find that My mercies are new Every morning. That's what you'll find when you come and learn of Christ and and you'll fellowship with Him. You can read that in the Bible, that God is merciful. But can I tell you there's something different about getting down on your knees and saying, Lord, be merciful to me as sinner. And to feel the guilt gone. To feel forgiven. Feel set free. To feel the burdens released. There is a difference between knowing that Jesus Christ is merciful and experiencing His forgiveness. And experience in His mercy in your life by repenting of your sins and turning to Him. There's a difference, I said, between learning about Him and knowing Him or learning from Him. He'll teach us. Isn't that wonderful? He's a teacher and He'll teach us. You've heard the saying before, the student learns the material, but the disciple learns the teacher. The student learns the material, but the disciple learns the teacher. We can learn of Him through His words and by His Holy Spirit. Can I say this? Uh, God's Word is living. And God's Holy Spirit is moving. I mean, He's he's alive and well. He is working in individuals' hearts. He's working in our lives. He is working. The Holy Spirit of God is working in our church. And let me say this, we want that. We want that. We want as much of that as we can get. We want God to work and not man to work. We want His power, not our power. We want His uh, His presence uh, more than anyone else's. Would you agree with that? And so His Word can teach us and His Spirit can move us and lead us. We can know Him. Why? Here's the, here's the awesome thing. Paul says that I may know Him. This was the Jesus Christ that had been crucified, buried, rose again, and had ascended to heaven when Paul said that. You know the truth of the matter is, we can know Him. Why? 
Because He's alive. We don't have to know Him like a person from the past. Uh, Yes, it's good to learn of Christ then, but it's good to learn of Christ now and how He works in our lives. Let me say this, the Holy Spirit of God will teach us if we allow Him, if we let Him. I think of the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10 where he says, but God hath revealed them unto us. Talking about his people, his believers, his children. God has revealed them unto us. What? Uh, things in the scripture. By the way, if you're looking at the scripture and it's not making much sense to you, uh, there may be one thing missing. The author living in your heart. You say, what do you mean? Uh, the Bible teaches us that the author of the word of God is supposed to teach us the word of God. You say, what's that mean? The Holy Spirit's the author of the Word of God. And when we receive God's Spirit into our heart, now God's Spirit begins to lead us and guide us into all truth. He says, they reveal by the Spirit because the Spirit of God searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I like what uh, Jesus told His disciples in the Gospel of John. By the way, He talked a lot, Jesus did, about the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John. But He says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you. And here's what's interesting. He says, Shall be in you. In other words, Jesus Christ says, There's going to come a time when I make a sacrifice for sin, when my blood is shed, and when I have rose from the dead proving that I am God, when I have ascended to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit will not now just come and dwell on people, but will dwell in people. He will come in. He will take residence inside of you. My goodness, this is wonderful. This is the resurrection and the life in you. Oh, it's good. Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And then he says this, but the Comforter. He calls the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Comforter. By the way, uh, if you need some comfort, the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit can bring some comfort to your home, to your heart, to your life. The Holy Spirit's a Comforter. He says, the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. I think it's safe to say that the Holy Spirit's the teacher. The Holy Spirit's the teacher. By the way, we come, uh, the Bible says that uh, preaching, the preaching of the Word of God is ordained of God. That's why we do this. This wasn't just thought up by somebody that would be a good idea to have a sermon. This was uh, brought on by, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say this? That when, the, when the preaching is happening, we are all hoping for something else happening, meaning the Holy Spirit's teaching. As the Word of God is being proclaimed, um, uh, I, I'm hoping, we're all hoping, you're hoping, that in your heart the Holy Spirit saying something to you, teaching you something. We believe that that can happen, that God, the Holy Spirit can teach us while the Word of God is being preached. He goes on to say that this Holy Spirit in John chapter 16 will guide us into all truth. And then he says this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he says, shall glorify me. That's why when we come to church, and I believe when we sing the songs, and I believe when the Holy Spirit moves inside of us and starts stirring up inside of us during the preaching, or during the songs, or during prayer time, or even in fellowship after. By the way, I believe in that, right? There are conversations after that those can still be Spirit-filled and of God, ordained of God. That even our conversations after and before church, the Holy Spirit can use you to be 
a blessing that someone else give them just what they need. I believe that the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can be in that and can guide us and teach us. But ultimately, as we do that, we want to bring glory to God. Isn't there just something when we feel that Holy Spirit inside that we just want to say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for how good you've been to me, for your blessings on me, for your mercy on me. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke. I told you uh, we were going to turn a, a few times, but Luke chapter 24, we're only going to look at a couple verses here, but I want to get us into the context of this. In Luke chapter 24, um, There's two disciples that are on the road to Damaus. This is after Jesus Christ's death, burial, and His resurrection before His ascension, right? And so these two disciples are on the road to Damaus and they're walking and talking. Um, they didn't understand the things that were going on. They didn't understand completely what had happened, right? Um, Jesus comes up, starts walking with them, but their eyes were holding so that they didn't know Him. <clears throat> I think that that's interesting. I think uh, so many times that uh, uh, Christ is closer than what you think He is. He's closer to you than maybe what you know. He says that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I believe even if you're not saved, if you're coming and seeking after Christ, He's closer than what you may know. But he's, uh, He begins to ask them this question, why are you guys so sad? What's so sad? What's, what's the problem? Why are you guys sad? And they answer to Him. They said, what are you, a stranger in Jerusalem? Uh, don't you know the things that are going on here? Uh, darkness, corruption. This innocent man had just been killed. You know, they, they're saying all these things in verse 25. Jesus says to them basically, hey, you guys are slow at picking this stuff up. Uh, he says to them, you're slow of heart to believe. By the way, it's faith. It's, it's faith that clears a lot of things up, right? Putting our faith in Jesus Christ. He says, you're slow in heart to believe. And then he picks it up in verse 26. He says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them all the Scriptures and the things concerning Himself. In other words, Jesus points back to all the Old Testament passages about how He was to suffer and die for our sins. He starts revealing the Scripture, trying to reveal it to them. Okay, and He's, he's preaching concerning Himself. Jesus, verse 30, And it came to pass as they sat at meat with them, He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Look at this. And their eyes were opened. And they say it, knew Him. Their eyes were opened and they knew Him, the resurrected Christ. And He vanished out of their sights. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way and while He opened us the Scriptures? Hey, listen. They were talking to Jesus about Jesus. But they didn't know Him. You could be really close this morning. You could be talking about Jesus. You can believe some of the stories about Him. But until you put your faith and trust Him, He opens up your eyes to the, to the truth and you accept that truth. Uh, it's called a step of faith. It's called a step of faith and it's just like, poof. God opens up your eyes to a new dimension, right? A new spiritual dimension. You say, what's that dimension? Does it make me a better person? No, that new dimension is Him. That He's in control. 
and he's always been in control. And then all of a sudden, it'll rush into your mind that he's always been leading me. And he's always been guiding me, even when I didn't give him the credit for it. And he's been in control all along. And before long now, the scripture that seemed like a different language to you now begins to feed you. Now it's like now it's like meat. Now it's like bread. Now it's like milk. Now it's like water. Now it's your sustenance so that you can live this spiritual life. Look at verse 44. And he said unto them, Take the uh, he said unto them, These are the words which I speak unto you while I was yet with you. And all things must be fulfilled that was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He said, I was trying to tell you guys that I was going to suffer and die all along. It was written in the Bible. It was written in the Old Testament. This was what David, this was what Moses had written hundreds and even thousands of years before. He says, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in the name of and his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then he says this, And ye are witnesses of these things. This is wonderful. So now he says the Holy Spirit now begins to open our eyes to the Scripture, now begins to teach us, now begins to lead us and guide us, and then he empowers us to do what he's called us to do. Uh, Turn with me quick to Romans. Turn with me there, please. Uh, Chapter 8. You're going to love these verses. Chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verse 11. I like this. He says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Let me read that again. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. You know what we're talking about this morning? We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is not just some far away thing that happened. My point was, yes, this actually happened historically some 2,000 years ago. But now the same Holy Spirit that raised up Christ now is living in us. Uh, That's resurrection power living in us. You say, what are you talking about? Uh, You may have tasted and seen that once you were dead in trespasses and sins, once your eyes were completely darkened to anything spiritual, you're like, what is what in the world is this all about? What is Christianity all about? What is the why do people love Jesus? Right? Why are, what is this? But then he we put our faith and trust in him and he makes us alive. He quickens us. That's a resurrection. By the way, you know some people think that uh, by threatening with death that that's power. That's not power. You know what real power is? Being able to give life to those that are dead. You think of Lazarus, Lazarus who was dead, and uh, a couple chapters later, John, the Pharisees are threatening to kill him. That kind of seems like, (coughs) as long as Jesus is here, you know, that doesn't even seem like a threat, right? After Lazarus had been rose from the dead, but we have that same Holy Spirit, look at that, living in us, dwell within you. And he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Make alive your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. 
not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. He says, now because of this resurrection, we're debtors. Not to live the way that we want to live. I, I think of how Paul said it, and I think it was Romans chapter 1, verse 15 or 14, where he says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians. And then he goes on to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You say, what was Paul talking about? Uh, he was given the gospel. He was given this resurrection and this life. He was given this hope. And if you're here this morning and you've been given this hope, uh, you're a debtor. You say, to who? To Christ? No. You're a debtor to those that don't know. To preach the gospel, to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. Boy, all these verses as you continue to go down through, talking about the Holy Spirit and how we receive the Spirit, not of bondage again unto fear, verse 15, but have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He says in verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you're here this morning and you're questioning your salvation, maybe you're asking, I'm not positive that I'm born again or I'm saved. Uh, he says the Holy Spirit inside will confirm it to you. If, if you have the Holy Spirit, in other words, if God lives inside, you couldn't miss Him. If God's inside, you'll know it. And then he goes on to say, I like these verses in verse 20. Six. Likewise, the Spirit, chapter 8, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit that helps us? Uh, he says, for we know not. Now, I'm taking this a little bit out of context. He's saying, we know not what we should pray. But let me say it this way. We don't know Christ without the Holy Spirit in us. It's the Holy Spirit of God. We know not. The Spirit helps us to know Christ. The Spirit helps us to know Him so that we can say with actually uh, 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 some confidence that I know Him. You say, have you ever physically met Him? Not yet. But I know Him. You say, how do I know Him? The Holy Spirit has revealed Him to me, has taught Him to me, has shown Him to me. He says, for I know Him. I like verse 28 where He says, for we know. For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, them that are called according to His purpose. Uh, it's kind of like this. For we don't know without the Holy Spirit, but because of the Holy Spirit, we do know. We do know someone that can help us. We do know someone that can deliver us out of our troubles. We do know that with Jesus Christ, all things work together, no matter how awful it may seem, no matter how bad it may seem. Listen, can I say this? Christianity is not a religion where we know about Jesus, but where we know Him, where we fellowship with Him, to know Him and the power of His resurrection. The power of His resurrection. Uh, by the way, that's what the Lord wants from us is, as He gives us this Holy Spirit, as He takes us into this way, uh, He teaches us the power of the resurrection. You know what that is? That's the Gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he, that he defeated sin, that He took our sin on Himself, and He defeated death in His resurrection. That's why we have the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are about the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Even John, the gospel of John, he said that. He said that these... These were written in John chapter 20, verse 31. He says, and these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. You want to see power? You know, some people get enamored with power. You want to see real power? Preach the gospel. 
You know what the gospel can do? It can do something eternal. It can do something. You know what Jesus said? You have to take them. I've, I've used this example here multiple times. He said, what should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? In other words, Jesus said that one person's soul is worth more than all the goods of this world. And so you want to see real power? He says, you want to see real power? Preach the gospel. Why? Because it's the gospel that's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. It. it can take someone from death to life. It can take someone from guilty and condemned to forgiven and eternal life. And you know what? He's called us, his believers, with this. Isn't it interesting that in, I, I mentioned Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, the next book after that is Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. It could be said the Acts of Jesus Christ through the Apostles. And those first words that Jesus said to his disciples before he just took off up through the clouds, ascended into heaven, the things that he said to them was, wait for the promise. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And then he says, but when you shall receive the Holy Spirit, power will come upon you, and you shall become what? Witnesses. Witnesses. And a couple verses later, uh, a couple chapters later, it says that they... they they received the Holy Spirit and they became witnesses. They became witnesses of Jesus Christ. You say, what can we do about the resurrection? What's the greatest thing that we could do to um, celebrate the resurrection? Tell other people. Tell other people about Jesus. Tell other people about His death for them, His burial, His resurrection, so that we might have life. That's real power. We're going to our last verse here. Go with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. The Bible says this, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, This is after His death, burial, and resurrection, before His ascension. All power is given unto me and in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know what he's commissioned us to do? You say, you want to be great in this life? You want to be great in this life? He says, tell the good news of Jesus the Great Commission. Tell, tell those that don't know the good news of Christ. Tell them about me. Tell them that I paid for the sin and that I had power to raise from the dead. This is that power that can give new life in Christ. You want to start a new life in Christ? Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've known about Christ, but you've never put your faith and trust in Him. Here in a few minutes, we're going to have a time of prayer. And I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to humble your heart before the Lord and, and, and receive Him and pray and ask Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I won't call you out or embarrass you, but today may be the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Can I say to you that when I did that, that was the best thing that I ever made. That was the greatest decision that I ever made to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and to know that I had eternal life, to know that my sins were forgiven. But you may be here um, as, a, as a believer. And maybe I would say this, do you know Him? 
Are you seeking close relationship, close fellowship with Him? Are you putting Him before other desires, aspirations, or goals? Uh, Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And of course, I'm not trying to guilt us into anything here. I'm just trying to say that it's good. That's the one, that's, that may be what we're missing. This is not an oppressive thing to say this. This is a, a setting free thing. This is a getting rid of all those other desires that probably would be putting us in bondage and making us miserable. Um, maybe. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me ask you this morning, believer, how is your walk with Him? Is it close? Is your fellowship close? Uh, when you talk about Jesus, is it, does it, is it something where you talk about Him by things that you've heard about Him or things that the Holy Spirit's taught you about Him? Things that you know by experience, His love, His mercy, His grace, His fellowship. Um, Maybe you're here this morning and you're suffering. Maybe you're suffering in your mind or in your heart or in relationships, like I said, maybe even in your body. Uh, The Lord will meet you in your suffering. If you'll draw close to Him, if you'll ask Him, He will. I would uh, ask uh, heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe the Christians uh, begin to pray and say, Lord, I I want this. I want to know you better. I want to know this power of your resurrection. I would surrender my life to preach your gospel. But maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer uh, with me. And pray it from your heart. Uh, Dear God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. God, I'm asking you to come into my heart and to save my soul. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. And God, I'm putting my faith in you. I'm asking you for your Holy Spirit to come into my heart. And I'm I'm choosing to yoke up with you and to walk with you and to live with you through the rest of this life. God, I'm asking you to be my Lord and Savior. To the believers, maybe we say, I, I need to know Him. I need to have this fellowship with Him. God, I want Your Holy Spirit to fill me and to lead me and guide me. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or You could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.